This episode of Educated by the Internet is brought to you by Walker Design. That's W-L-K-R Design. Uh, Scott Walker, good friend of ours for years. Makes some very good merchandise for any time of the year. Check them out. So, what the fuck is wrong with Donald? The Ronald Trump. What the Donald, fuck, man? The Ronald. <laughs> um... He doesn't have he doesn't have uh, many supporters left, dude, and so he can't he can't turn his back on the white racists just yet. That's all he has left. Even even when he had a chance to redeem himself, he said, "Excuse me, they didn't put themselves down as being neo Nazis," and you had some very bad people in that group, but you also <laughs> had people that were very fine people on both sides. It's almost like he's afraid to say. That these guys, I mean, well, obviously, you know, most. That's what I'm saying. He can't turn his back on, dude. That's that's the only support base he has left. So let's just let's just dive into the the Charlotte Charlottesville thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I just want to preface this with saying because I, um, I know you and Andrew talked about this yesterday. So for the listeners, I apologize if some things I I said overlap with uh, are are redundant to what the other podcast is, but. So bear with me on that. So, okay, continue. Sorry. So just, just going off what he said two days later in the speech that he, where he was like, you know, Nazis are very bad people. Uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he didn't ever, he never said he didn't support them. But then today it sounded like a rehearsed speech that he didn't write. He didn't seem too uh, invested in it anyway. It sounded like he was obligated to say it. And if he's obligated to say it and all of a sudden you, you see him cracking down, we do not support Nazis as, as far as the White House and all this stuff. I, I, I call bullshit. That's who got you there. Not everyone who voted for Trump was racist, but every racist voted for Trump. Can we agree on that? I mean, I, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment to fucking make. If you're a um, racist and voted, then yeah, you voted for Trump. Yeah, probably more and, more racist people probably voted because Trump. <laughs> and I, I mean? as wanna, opposed to not voting at all. I want to make it clear that uh. Not everyone who voted for Trump is racist, but again, I truly feel yeah, that every racist not. voted for Trump. All right, so let's start off by looking up the definition of a white nationalist, because apparently a lot of people aren't too familiar with what the hell it is. So let's go. Definition of white nationalist. A group of militant well, whites. Okay. Uh, or you could say white supremacy. Um, they're an advocate for enforced racial segregation. Um. Let's see. Also, a far right platform um, that includes white nationalism and opposition to Israel. How do you not understand that a white nationalist meeting in front of a in front of a statue that doesn't even pertain to anything anymore? They lost. Confederates lost. Just so people know, um, they lost for a reason. It's it's because they didn't have enough support. I don't understand wh- where the issue is, and people speaking up against it are are somewhat being condemned for their beliefs. I don't understand that as well. What what's your take on Charlottesville before before I get into it? Yeah, so to kind of take a step back a little bit to even how we got there. Um, you remember that that monologue, the SNL monologue um, that Aziz Ansari did. Like right uh, after what? Trump got elected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the things that was a good he, monologue, man. Yeah, it was really good. One of the things he said, and 
of course he was kind of joking, but it was there was some truth to it. Where he was joking about like, like go, you know, like before we were pretending to not be racist. And he's like, and now like you feel like it's okay to be racist. And he's like, go back to pretending. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um, do you remember him talking about that? Nobody, nobody wants to, uh, nobody wants to hear that shit. I can put it on real quick too if you want. I mean, I can no, no, that part fine. out. The, the, the point is of just like um, how he was just saying how like acknowledging the fact that it's it's always been there. It's just people have been like pretending not to be racist. I like as he pu- he put it, I think to oversimplify it, but like really though like people were just not feeling comfortable enough to like be open about their racism. And then now like we got this president who a lot of the, the these right wing like all right neo-nazis feel like they have somebody on their side now who's going to support them and who's not like politically correct and stuff and so they're just coming out of the woodworks and feeling more comfortable like this you know oh we got we have a platform to say something now like we have a president who's going to support us and back us up whatever racist rhetoric we fucking throw out there and i think but it's always been there right it's always been there but now uh, they just it's, still... it's always been there but the thing is is we could we, we were able to hide it before um by just denying it, and I, I feel like a lot of people have just denied it. And for me, that's 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 always been a problem. Like we've had conversations in the past about just simple things, uh, apart from Charlottesville or whatever. But uh, stereotypes, although they're not necessarily factual, they're definitely believed in. Why are they believed in? Uh, there's a there's a lot of things that come with it. But I think now having a president uh, of of this stature, of, of this personality, of this character, you see it. And it, it's just, if you miss it, that's kind of, you're, you're putting your own shutters on. You're putting your own blindfolds on. It's just it's just absolutely insane uh, to me. I mean, I guess there's supposed to be a rally in New York. There's supposed to be one in L.A., from what I heard, near South Central. I wonder how that's going to go. But you know what? I think now they're trying to uh, redeem themselves by actually creating violence on the other end so they can uh, you know, get away with whatever bullshit propaganda that they have. Uh Here's well, here's I don't know if here's you remember something. this. Here's something that uh, Alexander Stevens said. He's the vice president of the Confederacy, and this is the cornerstone address. It, it was in March 21st, 1861. And what he said is that the Negro is not equal to the white man. Yeah. That slavery, Oof. subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. <laughs> and it, and and this this is what these people you know, believe in. And to sit there and say it, it's about a Robert E. Lee statue, not only are you lying to almost everyone that's... I mean, I guarantee maybe there's a few white people that didn't even know what was going on there. They just saw, you know, a, a rally and a protest and wanted to join. You have those mindless drones that do that. Um, but just, just to think about what he just said, and to sum it up, we're lesser than, and... I don't know, man. It's 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 going to be a problem eventually. I, I honestly see it causing segregation again, uh, unless people are smart enough to realize that these dudes don't run the country. That we have more people. Uh, I, I I don't I hate to use the word tolerant because it feels like it's a, you know, we're being forced to like each other. But we had a conversation. What was it about four months ago? When we were talking about how each generation becomes more tolerant. It started with the millennials or whatever, and then the generation after us or before us, right, right, uh, is, 
And we were talking about, I think it was about politicians, though, and how things will never change until these older politicians start to die off and things can change. Um, what better example of the older politicians needing to die off than the current president of the United States? See, I don't even think it's necessarily the president problem. I think it's just the ideology that he's like revived, I think, is the issue. And but I will have to say that I've been impressed with the response of a lot of the Republican uh, politicians. Um, you know, Mitt, Mitt Romney, for instance, came out saying that Trump needs to apologize for what his response to Charlottesville. And there's and uh, there was two other Republican senators, I forget which ones, but they came out like right after Charlottesville and was like, "We need to call this for what it is. This is white terror. This is a white terror attack. Like these are white national like people, and for them to acknowledge like what it is, you know, because in the past it's just like, oh, they're white people. Oh, it's not a terror. But if it's like anybody else, oh, they're terrorists. <laughs> you know, they're like terrorists. And when when do, when does it fall into the lines of domestic terrorism? Yeah, and that's and so I was I was impressed to see these Republican senators saying like this is domestic terrorism, and um, did they label so, it as domestic terrorism? I haven't heard that yet. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, the president certainly not. But like I said, these these Republican senators in particular, and this is probably not a, a majority view in the Republican. The, out of all the Republican senators, but these two in particular, I was impressed with because it's just not the kind of shit you hear from Republicans. <laughs> what, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen moving forward? Because it's not an issue. Until, it's not an issue of black and white anymore. It's an issue of uh, Pakistanis, Israelis, Jewish, black, no, Mexican. It's just the whole, yeah, being. Uh, tolerant to to diversity and um, and I think like it's kind of the silver lining maybe is I think that it's kind of forcing a lot of of white conservatives to reevaluate like where they're going to take a stand and um, as to where before it was just kind of like. Like, oh, let's just act like racism doesn't exist, and then we'll just continue our, like, conservative beliefs and just not talk about racism. But now it's like you can't hide it anymore, you know? we This is like a national – it's on a national platform now. It, it's it's an issue. Nobody can deny it at this point. Well, and, f and, and for, the, for the generation like us, as far as millennials and, the, like I said, the generation before us – uh, we're not dealing with that anymore. We don't want to hear that bullshit anymore. And you know, we actually have uh, ideas and values that, and on, in my opinion, not all of them, but it, when it comes to race and society, seem to be a lot better than these older politicians. Uh, I agree. I Trump is on record point. for saying that he's from a from a certain gene. The reason he's successful is from a certain gene. That can be open for interpretation. That was what he said in the past. He's he's on the path for talking about Indian reservations called, and how they don't the look like gene. <laughs> yeah the money gene, and he's he's also on record for saying that uh, Indian reservations they don't look like Indians to him. Uh, when he goes there, he doesn't see Indians. Not only is he saying Indians and not Native Americans, but apparently if if a, if a Native American wears regular clothes, and I say regular because 
a common misconception if, that I've dealt with as far as how I speak and, and, and my tone and, and my pronunciations of my words, I get from blacks and whites that I speak white. So why is speaking with an educated voice or an, with intellect uh, considered a, a white thing? Why can't everyone be intelligent? And that is, that is, a, that is a stereotype, bro. Um, and I, I honestly feel like this president agrees with that stereotype. To sit there two days afterwards and then come out with a speech that probably Kellyanne Conway wrote for this motherfucker and still sound insincere, how has he not been impeached yet? I don't understand. No one likes this guy. How is he still in office? Well, well the Republicans, they have the House and the Senate, dude, and it's just a bad look if they impeach their president. And so it's very political. Whether it's just or not, it's a bad look if they impeach their president. Yep, exactly. Because it's not just about, like, oh, it makes us look bad. But, like, they also <laughs> they also can lose their positions. You know, they're going to get voted out of office if it looks like they don't support their president. Well, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But let's not ignore the issue that... uh his first initial comments caused these white nationalists to rejoice saying, I'm glad you saw that it was on both sides. Uh, you know, what we were doing was just trying to keep a piece of history that honestly should be forgotten. You don't, you don't go to Germany and you see Hitler statues everywhere and people, people celebrating what, what he did. I mean, it's vaguely comparable. You kill 6 million Jews. It's not the same as, as slavery, but they're both <laughs> pretty fucking bad, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I, yeah, it was it's, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And to sit there and, and, and say both sides were at fault, like, like I said earlier, you have people walking in the streets with literally torches saying, whose streets are this? And it's only one race. <laughs> whose streets are this? Our streets. And they're screaming angrily with their polo shirts tucked into their khakis. And it's just, it's just reminiscent of the 1940s and, and prior to that, uh, right. pre, pre-civil rights movement. And to sit there and, and pretend that these, these people, a lot of them I feel are brainwashed. They're raised this way or they, they truly believe that uh, minorities are a problem. And it, it's been said a thousand times, but this country was founded on immigrants, was founded on every, every race uh, after we invaded it from the Native Americans and took it away. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It, to me, it's, it's hard to find clarity on it. Um, and honestly, it's the beginning of the storm. It's just the beginning of the storm until this guy gets impeached or he leaves office. I don't see any good coming from, from his presidency. And I don't see, uh, these, these old white nationalists or Nazis. Cause there's a lot of Nazis there holding up the, the Nazi symbol and the Nazi flag and, and whatever else. I, 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 I it's just mind boggling to me. It's baffling. It is absolutely baffling. I have no idea, you know, we, we, us, us as Americans, which I'm proud to say I'm an American, although I was born overseas, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to be from, from this country. I'm proud to live in this country. I'm proud of the, in writing what this country stands for. But unfortunately, you don't get everything that's in writing, do you? Be it at the job, be it at wherever you're at. There's always loopholes right. and there's always ways to work around it. And you're seeing that in, in our government and you're seeing it with these dudes being complete pieces of shit. Uh, 
it's not white people that's the problem. It's these people with these fucked up beliefs and opinions, you know? I listened to this TED Talk the other day. Uh, I, mean, I forgot the guy's name. Maybe you've seen it. I don't know. But it's this black dude who's like social activist, but he really popular like on social media and stuff. But he went on his TED Talk was about how he created this fake profile and acting pretending to be like this, you know, white racist nationalist dude. And so he created this profile so he can kind of like infiltrate, you know, the other side and and participate in these conversations that were happening just so he can kind of get a better understanding of like where they're coming from. And um he was just saying how like at first he was appalled by like the things they were saying, but then he was saying like as a black activist himself, like there was some some things that they were saying that he was like he's like, I, I hate to say this, but I kind of see where they're coming from. And he's like, not to say that it's right, but being um like a black man and like having to like feel like we're always constantly trying like our, our rights are being scrutinized yeah scrutinized and he was just like and as much as i want to like um support like the black community and be like and protect it's like its culture and things like that he's like if you don't if you don't acknowledge diversity um i mean i'm totally butchering what he's saying but basically he's saying like if you don't acknowledge diversity diversity is gonna win every time well like it is gonna win every time so it's like either kind of get on board or you're gonna lose and he was like he's like you know evolution and just just you know the the laws of of physics and science he's like it doesn't see race color culture <laughs> like it, it just it it's it just sees what, progress like, yeah exactly and he just evolution like, is progress it could take a step back to you though but well i mean but not necessarily. I mean, I don't know. But it was, I'll I'll find the video and send it to you. But, um, yeah, it was very, it was a very interesting perspective that he had because he was just like, kind of like seeing where they're coming from, but seeing like the fundamental flaws and and just kind of like being so, because I I think what makes because like anybody could be, you know, racist or, you know, prejudiced to their their kind or whatever. You know, like it's all about like wanting to protect your culture and your like your values and things like that. The problem with white people is white people have always had the power, <laughs> and to like try to preserve that and stuff is just a dangerous game to play. As opposed to minorities. Where they're like, we want to preserve our culture, stay away. It's like there's a lot more to it than that. Well, I look and, at it as as uh, one of the the most common arguments or counter arguments that I hear is, and I have a really good example for it. At least I feel like it's a really good example for it. Is uh, a lot of people say blacks are lazy. Um, in California, I hear that it's only blacks on welfare, um, or around the country, it's only blacks on welfare. But there's whites on welfare. Um, but it, it's as simple yeah, as this. It's as, white people. But it's as, it's as simple as this, in my opinion. You're running on a track, and you're both at the you're both at the start line. They shoot the gun, but only the white guy the only only the white guy can go. He gets about seventy five percent of the way, and then you have every other 
race, be it Mexican, black, uh, whatever. I won't cut the Jewish in there. They did very well for themselves. They just, but, and then they shoot the gun and say, okay, now it's your time to run. And then they're running as fast as they can, but they, they can't catch up. And then when they get there, the white guy's like, why aren't you caught up yet? I don't understand. How the fuck do you not understand why when you had this whole fucking handicap, if, if it was golf, they, it was a handicap and you, you don't understand why they haven't caught up yet. Civil rights was how many years ago? And it didn't change things right away either. So let's say 20 years down the road after civil rights, uh, things started changing slowly for a certain race. They started getting manager management positions or started becoming CEOs or whatever the case may be. Um, were able to go to college a little bit more frequently than they were in the past when they couldn't go at all. Uh, or, or how you disable cer- a certain race from putting their fathers in prison for marijuana sales, 25 to life, in the 70s or the 60s or the, 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 the early 80s, or crack cocaine sales, which is not as pure as cocaine, but if a certain race gets caught with cocaine, they get a slap on the wrist, and the other guy gets 25 to life. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, so with those fathers that are now in jail, you have a whole generation of kids being raised without fathers, with a single mom that's probably working three jobs to put food on the table. Um, they're being raised by the streets in this uh, poverty-stricken neighborhoods that they call the projects uh, without proper education, without proper just anything. They don't, they don't have anything. And then you blame them for having to do those crack sales to put food on their, in, in their kids' mouths. That's all they know. You took away every resource that they had. So what what is it that they're supposed to do at that point? They have to survive, or are they supposed to lay down and die? It's just food for thought. Yeah, no, I mean, I, um, I mean, you're absolutely right, and it's kind of like this, just cycle of poverty where you, like, statistically speaking, like there are more black, well, like percentage-wise, there's more black people on welfare than white people, but it's like. Yeah, but it's because we've, like, it's always been a white man's game where they've always, not like, not even necessarily intentional. I don't want to make it seem like it's always this, like, let's just, you know, suppress anybody, any all minorities and stuff so white can reign, but it's just the subconsciousness that's there. You know, we've talked about this many times. You have two people that are equally as qualified for a job position, but yet the white person usually gets the job. And the other guy might have a college degree in the in the career field. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, even even if they're not, even if the the minority is has a slightly better edge over the white person, it's like why? But yet the the defense is always like, oh, well, the white person's qualified, so like why like. You know, they have an equal opportunity for the job, and they just happen to get it because they're better. And it's like, no, it's because the person who is in charge of hiring, for whatever reason, in their mind, they think that a white person is a better fit. And like I said, it's not some, it's not always this like major conspiracy where they're like, I'm only going to hire white people. But it's like the subconscious that's in their mind, like exactly. And that's what I I was going to ask you. Do you you think it's because? Sorry, but do you think it's because that they're I don't mean to sound funny when I say it, but it's because they're they're less threatening and easier to look at, or is it? I don't know. As far as when we're talking about stereotypes earlier, 
a, a lot of stereotypes that I've encountered in my life is when I show any kind of passion, it's con- perceived as anger or disrespect. Um, if I if I if I joke, I'm just a a nuisance and a a a, a, tr- a problem child. Even even in the jobs that I that I've worked recently. Um, but then you see another person who may or may not be white. That's just open for interpretation, listener. You know what we're talking about now. But uh, they're just they're you know they're they're making the work environment easier to work around. They still work the same. Uh, when they show anger, it's passion, and it's not anger. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing about stereotypes. It doesn't make it true, but people believe in it, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to make yeah. it just about white or black either, but just the fact that Charlottesville happened and they're planning all these other rallies, uh, you know, it. these people only believe in kind of, I mean, the Robert Lee, Robert e. Lee statue, that's obviously for a reason. That, that was the Confederacy. That's all that shit. So, I mean, for that instance, it has to be white and black. But this president is trying to get rid of Mexicans. He's trying to get rid of Muslims. pretty much any Muslims, and yeah. and I and I get Muslims that are already in this country. I don't I don't think you really have to worry about that. I can understand your concern about our borders and whatever else. Seeing all these Paris attacks, right, or or seeing all these other attacks that are happening. Uh, I think I said it on the last podcast, but Turku, Finland, a guy stabbed two people to death. There's like 14 of them injured. Then you have the other guy in Barcelona. Who who killed fourteen people, over a hundred injured, and it's like, it's not my job to speculate who did it. Although we probably know who did it already, but at the end of the day, you can't blame one person from a certain race for doing a foul act for uh, for the entire race. That's that's this just it's, for one is it's, it's unjust, it's unfair, um, and us being Americans, we should be. I hate to say the word tolerant, like I said, but we should be more tolerant to that shit. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. In high school, we knew quite a few uh, Muslims from from Pakistan or Afghanistan. Never once called them a terrorist. I was I never never once thought anything of them except they're they're brown like me, you know. Right. Yeah. Just going back to like the whole stereotype thing, though. Um, like I said, I I think it's easy to like acknowledge it when somebody is like explicit about their racism or whatever, but. It's it's most of the time it's just it's it's subtle and people don't even realize it you know, um, I mean and it goes for everything I mean with women you know like why is it when a girl shows authority she's being a bitch but when a guy does it it's he's like being confident and so yeah That's it's a no good point when I like comes, that it, it's no different when it comes to race you know um, just completely agree with what you're saying <laughs> like. You know, why is it when you say something that you feel like, yeah, like when you speak up or like raise your voice at somebody, you're being angry. But when the white guy does it, he's being, would you say passionate? Um, He's being passionate to to what's going on around him. And I think what's great about the Charlottesville thing is no one looked at it as passion. They looked at it exactly for what the fuck it is. So I think we are seeing progress on that note. But but let's be honest. if no one got killed, would it even made the the media like it did? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, yeah, if that, or if the dude didn't run his car into the counter protesters, who knows? There and was actually you had a guy. You had a guy speaking up for the dude that ran into the woman, saying, "Well, when things start to get crazy, people panic and bad things happen." Um, 
I don't see how you can panic by accelerating on your gas and running into a crowd of people. That's not a panic moment. That's a. It's <laughs> very. Uh, you, you're very aware of what you're doing. Yeah, it's very intentional, premeditated for sure. Uh, but I don't. There was actually. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. I'm trying to think if it was before or after Trump got elected, but there was like. A, a white nationalist rally in Orange County. It was like small. It wasn't nothing compared to like I remember that Berkeley. Thing. Was it in Berkeley? No, no. It was just here. It was in Orange County, here in Southern California. And um, <laughs> these dudes got fucked up. And like, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, what do you expect? <laughs> like when you come to a public open space in the middle of the day and start shouting that you hate black people and all minorities and that white people are superior to everybody else. Maybe we're like, wrong. Maybe white <laughs> people just are superior to everyone else. Maybe we're just, we have uh, horse blinders on, as, as Andrew would say. We have horse blinders on. <laughs> and we're just, I, I just never got the message. And I mean, who knows? Who the fuck knows, right? I don't know. The fastest man in the world is not white. I'll tell you that much. Well, well, I think that was proven with Jesse Owens, wasn't it? When uh, Hitler said there's no way that a black dude could beat one of his hybrid fucking uh, right. white boys. And then Jesse Owens whooped his ass. What do you say yeah. after that? And then he held up the, the fist. That was a, a beautiful moment. Touching moment. Okay, so of, here's something. Trump made two statements on Charlottesville. Trade hard enough, that's why. Trump Trump made two statements on Charlottesville. Here's how white nationalists heard them. <laughs> I like I like the I like the sound of this. All right. Um, the devil was in the details or lack thereof. By refusing to name the white nationalist groups at the center of the conflict, the president left the definition of both hatred and violence up to interpretation and handed the groups a rhetorical victory. When he says other hate groups, they hear their enemies. Uh, I'd agree with that. Other hate groups. But what would be the other hate groups that were there? Because uh, Black Panthers haven't been around in quite some time. They they labeled them as a threat to the government, but there wasn't too many. Of, there wasn't enough of them to ever be like this huge militant group to take uh, to overthrow the government. But they sure did kill them like they were fucking terrorists. So what other hate groups could have could have been there? Is there is there a Hispanic hate group that was there? It, was there a Jewish hate group that was there? I don't remember Jews starting a hate group, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. So, what is he talking about? See, see, and that's the problem as as the president. And you know what? People people knocked George Bush. Would it not be nice to have George Bush Jr. back in the White House right now? He might not have been the smartest, most well spoken president we ever had, but you know what? I feel like he would have handled this a lot better than this guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. You were all about Bush. I remember you were, you were a Bush. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite the young Republican. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were a Bush fanatic. You yeah. had a poster on your wall. Okay. All right. Let's not let's not get that far. All right, but you did have a Bush T-shirt with him wearing sunglasses. I do remember. That. <laughs> I wish I had that. Regardless, to sum it up, what happened is uh, it's, it's not right. It's not by any means the American dream. It's not by any means American. I, I truly hope. I don't pray anymore. Um, but I pray that uh, we can move forward as, as a whole. Not just one race or two races, but every race. 
what makes this country so great is the fact that we can all get together and have the same views and same beliefs and and have the same piece of the American dream or the piece of the pie or whatever whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to use. And I mean, coming from a biracial person, I don't think that would have happened without America for the most part, at least when it did in, in the 80s or whatever the case may be. Um, my dad wouldn't have the chance to travel to another place fighting for this country to even meet. Yeah. So I think the basic beliefs are, are still there. It's just we, we, we have to find a way to – and it, the only way is to speak out against it regardless if it's popular opinion or not. Like you, you just doing this as small as this podcast is, being a, being a white male, you could piss off a lot of people that you think you know. Just from 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 hearing it, because you don't know what their beliefs are entirely. They could tell you one thing, but in their head, they're they're really just, you know. So yeah, no, well, I know what a lot of people think. Dude, I was, I saw my Facebook feed the other day. Dude, people from from our hometown, dude, being like right after the Charlottesville, so being like, like yeah, if if those counter protesters came here during our rally, we I would do the same thing don't get in my way my car like i don't i don't think she got in the way i think she was walking and the guy said i'm gonna i'm gonna floor this i just can't believe people are posting this shit on facebook condoning that behavior condoning like oh i would do the same thing like what do you think social media is part of the problem i don't i don't i don't think it's part of the problem um I think it's just allowing everyone to use it. Yeah, maybe, our, maybe, maybe we need to like have a clearing process for social media. Like, you need a psyche valve to have a Facebook. Because I, I agree with you. The reason I deleted my face, Facebook is because a lot of the people that I thought were sincere, genuine people would post a lot of things about politics that I didn't agree with whatsoever. And I don't think the platform was meant for politics. I think it was meant to keep in touch with people that you loved. And I mean, because I remember. When we were when we were in our teens, MySpace was never anything political. It was all about where's the party at? Oh man, check out this band. Oh da 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 da. And now with Facebook, with all these advertisements about what you like to Google, what you like to, what websites you like to go to, or I mean, it spies on you yeah. and then it gives you information accordingly. Yeah, no, and that's a problem too, right? Because a lot of people who kind of feed them themselves with certain information, you know, like I'm only going to listen to like these these viewpoints you know i'm only going to listen to these people the technology today like it recognizes that and it's only going to feed you that kind of shit so you don't get this like diverse view of information you're only getting fed the stuff that like you're just feeding the fire basically and that's and it goes i mean for both sides sure but i think in particular with these white nationalists you know they're only they're living in this world with these alternative facts and that's their that's their worldview and they're, that's the only information they're getting or you could say they're living in a world of fake news <laughs> well right i mean that's clear but to them it's the only news you know that's to them that's the only real news i just can't believe this guy is talking about other hate groups when there was only one hate group there i like what this guy uh and i, I say it in in complete irony but david duke i'm sure we all know who david duke is right I, I'm bad with names, but it does. The name sounds familiar. David Duke, if 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 my recollection serves me right, he's 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 a KKK guy, former KKK leader David Duke. That's that's who he is. Anyway, 
He went on Twitter and it says, it appears the First Amendment doesn't apply to white Americans, just like racial discrimination laws don't protect white Americans. It never, it never had to necessarily protect white Americans. Yeah, that's always, <laughs> no, it didn't because that was always assumed, right? And that's, the, it goes back to the point with social media because that's a social media platform. A psyche valve needs to happen for these these mindless drones that just spill useless propaganda on millions of people. And I guarantee he probably has at least a million followers, if not more than that. Actually, I can find out right now. Let me see how many followers this guy. No, not even a million. This guy has fallen, fallen fast. He has 49,000 followers. Conservatives, libert- libertarians, Trump voters, and trad Christians. The sanctioning of violence slash censorship against the alt-right means you're next. What does that mean? Wait, say that again? He said conservatives, libertarians, Trump voters, and traditional Christians, the sanctioning of violence slash uh, slash censorship against alt-right, which I'm I'm assuming he means, you know, the right wing, means you're next. But what does that mean? Is that a threat? Could that be perceived as a threat? And if Um, so... I think, well... I mean, I I don't interpret that as a threat. I think he's saying that, like, our rights are being taken away right now, so, like, your rights are going to be taken away next kind of thing. Like, the government is, like, infringing on my right to have these beliefs, so, like, whatever your beliefs are, the government's coming for them next. The problem uh, is, it's, it's like, the Constitution doesn't... You're allowed to say whatever you want. You're allowed to have whatever viewpoint you want, and that's and that's fine. It's the problem when you start promoting violence, and it's when you have to draw the line. And I think like that's where they're blurring the lines is they're thinking what they're doing is not violent behavior. And when you're going down the street carrying torches and chanting rhetoric that your race or that your streets that these streets are your streets and nobody else's. I mean, how how are you not supposed to feel threatened by that? I think it's impossible to pretend that things aren't going to get worse before they're going to get better. Um, I honestly think we're taking a step back as a country. And it started with this, uh, all this, and I'm not saying that police always kill blacks and whatever else, but there there seems to be a recurring thing where some police, and there's more good police than, than bad police. So I'm not saying all police are bad, um, but unfortunately some slip through the cracks. And, when when all this attention is being brought to police officers killing killing blacks for little to no reason, and then you have another one that's on camera planting a gun on a guy that he already shot, it's going to create a backlash. And that backlash, um, be it just at first, and if it, if it turns into a militia, if you want to call it, as far as that other hate group that Trump is trying to say, I don't I don't really see it as violent as it was in the '90s. Uh, I, I didn't see a white guy getting pulled out of his semi truck and getting beat the fuck up, or I didn't see, right. you know. Um, but it, it's 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 almost like we're taking a step back. And you know, there's there's a, there's a saying that has I don't know how long how long it's been around, but I imagine it's the beginning of time. History has a way of repeating itself. Uh, I think we're seeing that now. The only difference is now, and I hate to sound repetitive, but is our generation and the generation before us. We didn't have those views when the shit was happening 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years ago. But we have it now. And like, like you, 
you yourself, you're going to run for Senate. Well, with the views that you have, there's the change. There's a change right there in a, in a, in a millennial. And I, you're probably not the only one who has those views. So I can only imagine as time goes on, things get better. But it has to get worse first. You have to get an office first. And until you do, you're, you're stuck with this crap. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, right. But in all honesty, are we going to see something way worse than this? Yeah, I got a film where we're going to see something way worse than this. Um, I, I hate to speculate, but I feel like we saw it in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick. I feel like he doesn't have a job because he protested. And I think this season, players are getting better. You see the white players supporting the black players and not participating in the national anthem already in the right. preseason. Uh, that right there is was one of the things that Martin Luther King was doing when he was doing all this stuff. You saw Bernie Sanders walk with him. He didn't walk with him initially, but eventually he, you know, I'm not saying he was a racist, but he, he, he either knew all along and was scared to do it or he realized that, you know what, this guy's standing up for what's right. And who am I to deny what's right? I'm going to support him. And he did. So that's, that's what I mean about you finally getting an office or whoever else finally getting an office and making these changes. Um, it's just sad because it's so eerily similar to what the fuck has already happened and what we were already supposed to be, have moved past from, you know? But I'm excited. And the reason I'm excited is because I know it can only get better. I know it can only get better. Uh, it's sad that we have to see lives lost, not just black lives, white lives, Mexican lives, Jewish lives, every race you can imagine. But I don't I don't think it's going to create a Holocaust situation. I don't think it's going to create whatever. I mean, we still have problems with North Korea. This could be just a dis- <laughs> this, this yeah, could right. be just a distraction from what North Korea is really doing. Like they could be planning to drop a bomb right now and. What better way to distract Americans and bring race into it? Because we all bite on race-related topics, don't we? Yeah. But regardless, I'm going to let you sum this up. Imagine you're, you're having to address a situation. You're in Senate. And it's you and only you that can create clarity for millions of Americans. There was hateful people on both sides. <laughs> you son mainly, of a bitch. Mainly the counter-protesters. For suppressing the white beliefs. No, um, I think it's um, we need to first look at ourselves. Take a, take a moment, yeah, to look at ourselves and and be honest with the state of current affairs, and to not be afraid to talk about that with your friends, your family, the people you you live your lives with, um, and to have those conversations that might be awkward. You know, how do you feel if you're if and be and be honest with who you're you're around? You know, if you're only around white people or you're only around black people, like there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to acknowledge how you're viewing other people and how you're reacting to things. And ultimately, your goal should just be to treat others well and to encourage people to treat other people well. And like my man, Theo, Theo Williams, I think his name is, the guy in the TED Talk I was telling you about, if you don't, if you don't get on board with diversity, you're going to lose. The best way to sum it up would be this prophet by the name of Michael Jackson said it best. He said, <laughs> yeah. the thing about my baby, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Black or white. <laughs> there we go. You guys have a great day. 
and a promise tomorrow.